Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, Global, and all our friends that are looking in and watching. And I hope that uh, you get a lot from the worship. You know, today I'm continuing our theme of being giant killers to overcome the giants that present themselves in our day-to-day living. You know, in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, Paul says that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. We are more than conquerors, not just conquerors, but more than conquerors. And these stories in the Old Testament, they're there to encourage us, um, to, to let us know that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then you're unstoppable. And, and, and when God is with you, that you have got more than just what the eye can see. And everybody could see Goliath. He was the champion of the Philistines. The Bible says he was over nine feet tall. He was part of the Nephilim that are mentioned in Genesis. A race of giants that came into being through angels. Um, you know, they saw that they came onto, onto planet Earth and saw that the, the, the women on Earth were fair game. And they crossed a line. They crossed a creational line that they should never have crossed. And uh, they produced giants. And Goliath was one of them. There was other giants that are named. And I'll be naming them later on and letting you know what the context is uh, for them being in the Bible. But, you know, Goliath had a brother. And in one part of the Bible, it calls him Goliath. But it's a translation thing. It's an error. He's really Goliath's brother. And, and, And so these people were real. These are not mythological things. These people actually lived and David and his men had to fight them. And uh, so I want to have a look at the 10 characteristics of giant killers. And giant killers are not born. They're made really and truly. Giant killers see the potential reward and, and they go for that. That's what helps them to overcome and defeat the giants in, the, in their lives. Giant killers don't listen to the doubting critics. And remember, people that have never ever beaten a giant will always tell you you'll never beat a giant be careful who you listen to we must get bit beyond our Eliabs people in our family like our brothers uh, that that want to come and the intimidators emotionally then we've got to get beyond our King Saul's they intimidate us by their position the credibility and we have to get beyond our Goliaths they intimidate us by their ability. And um, when you see a sharp cookie in your in your office or you're trying to like, you know, climb the professional ladder and they say a few words that put you down, you think, why do I go on? Why should I bother going on? Because he knows his stuff or she knows his stuff. And they've just said, you've no chance. But you know something with my God, all things are possible. In fact, he says, nothing is impossible for our God. What are you going to believe? Some some snotty person that walks past you. <laughs> the, 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 their heads so up the backside, they can't say anything else except themselves. Are you going to believe them? Or are you going to believe what God says? And God says, you know, all things are possible. Uh, nothing is impossible for our God. And <clears throat> Jeremiah was asked the question, 
do you think I can do this? And, and Jeremiah said, you know all things, God. Of course you can do it. You are the God of all flesh. There is nothing too difficult for you. Come on, let's rise up in faith. Let's become giant killers. And let's take giant opportunities that come our way. Let's take them. So number four, giant killers are not overwhelmed. And I've got to get a wriggle on this week because I'm doing about one characteristic a week. We'll be here till next Christmas. But I'm loving it. I don't know about you. If you're loving it, email in and say, Dave, continue, my friend. This is beautiful. Speak the word that we might live. <laughs> so giant killers are not overwhelmed by challenge. King Saul said to David, you'll never beat this man. And David says, don't lose heart on account of this giant. And then he launches into, you know, the God that saved me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. He'll be with me. He'll give me victory over this giant. Do not lose account. Do not lose heart, sorry, on account of this giant. David was awesome. He'd not overwhelmed by the challenge. The Israelite army cowered in fear and they had reason to you know it was a daunting character he was it was horrible scene it was intimidating that's a sign of satan's presence intimidation manipulation and domination there were three sure signs that the enemy is attacking you intimidation domination and manipulation watch out for those three things in relationships goliath was the most fierce and powerful opponent that they had ever, ever seen. But David wanted to know who it was that's defying the, the God of Israel and his army. Notice it's the living God. Goliath is defying the armies of the living God. You see, belief in God, the God of the Bible, is not a belief in God. It's a belief in the living God. Our God is alive and at work in his creation. Uh, you know, in his world, I should say. He is alive. When we pray to God, he answers. And so, you, you know, I'm just saying, I'm separating us from just having a religion that says, yeah, I believe in God. Well, we believe in a living God. David wanted to know who had defied the armies of God. And the army saw Goliath as too uh, big to hit. And David saw Goliath as too big to miss. It all depends on your attitude, all depends on your perspective. We can get overwhelmed when we get into David's situation. David didn't get overwhelmed, but you can be. And you can get, God can lead you in your life. And you can pray for promotion. You can pray for a business to get off the ground. You can pray for a relationship. And then when you get there, you can get cold feet. You can get nervous. You can get frightened. Why? Because our giants have a reputation. And, you, you, you know, it's like, oh, what? You, you, you're going to get into property. Well, did you know about my mate? We'll be careful with properties. Did you know about, and, and you know, these giants have got reputations. Our giants continually confront us. What about the giant of debt? Constantly confronting you day after day after day. And yet Jesus comes along in Luke chapter 4 uh, and verse 18. And he says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me 
because he has anointed me, empowered me to preach good news to the poor. What's good news to poor people? You can get out of debt. Right at the end of, of Jesus' speech there, he finishes by saying, I'm here to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, the year of Jubilee, when all debts were cancelled. And so that's part of the gospel. And come on, we need to start to believe to get out of debt, that God will give us wisdom on, on, on how, to get, how to get finances and how to handle our finances. So, you know, just I'm just saying that um, this is so good because our giants continually confront us. He says about Goliath, every day he came out and defied the armies of Israel for 40 days. He were in their face. Your giants will be in your face. And I want to say, stand up to the giants. We are more than conquerors. Not just conquerors, we are more than conquerors. Come on, grab hold of your faith. That's what faith's there for, it's gotta be used. Our giants keep defeating us psychologically. Who's ever been, you know you've got to do a job, you've got to start a job. Who's ever, who's ever not started a job because you're defeated before you get going? <laughs> and you, you know, we have to learn to over, we have to learn to know what comes and attacks our minds on a regular basis that dissuades us from doing what is right and makes us as weak as a kitten. We've all got it. We've all got something. Naaman in the Bible, it says about Naaman, he was a great commander and, he, and it talks about all his achievements. And then it says this, but he had leprosy. We all have a but in our lives and uh, we've got to face that but. <laughs> I'm mixing with metaphors now. But we've got to face it and we've got to overcome. We have. Our giants keep defeating us psychologically until we rise above it. And we learn what comes against us and we say, I'm ready for you. Monday morning, I am ready for you. And Friday morning, I will finish this week well. Yeah, whatever the psychological defeat you've, you've, you've encountered. You know, that's, that's really all about the giant. But what about us? Others that are on our side are intimidated and afraid. And it's shocking that sometimes because you're depending on people, but they get carried along with it. You know, I've seen so many believers compromise with the world. They get carried along with you're trying to make a stand about something. And, uh, you know, if you, da if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. We've got to make a stand for our faith. Oh, well, what will people think? They'll think I'm a religious Ronnie. They'll think I'm weird. You know, even Jesus's mum, Jesus's mother Mary and his brothers and sisters tried to, to get hold of him one day to, to take him away because they thought he'd gone too far. And they were trying to like get hold of him and say, this is too much Jesus. And uh, he had to deal with that and he did deal with it. And he said, who are my mothers and my brothers? Those who obey the word of God. They're my mothers, my brothers. So uh, I'm just saying, it's great looking. Even Jesus had to deal with these things. But others on our side are afraid. We come together and never deal with the giant. That's another problem. That happens so often in businesses or in church life, church leadership, where we come and people will not deal with the issues at hand because they know if you open that, it'll be up, we'll open a can of worms. And if you hang around me long enough, you know that I specialise in opening cans of worms because they need to be open. <laughs> 
<laughs> we need to deal with it because if you don't deal with it, it's a bit like, was it the Amorites or something like that that Saul were meant to defeat and he didn't and eventually he died at the hands of the, the, the Amorites. You know something, if you don't deal with it, it will come back and bite you on the bum. Let's be people who can face the giant of that awkward, horrible feeling in the pit of your stomach that says, don't, but you know you have to. Come on, by faith. It's not by power or by might, says Zechariah the prophet, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That was Zechariah speaking by the Holy Spirit. And he said, not by power or by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Another problem is our leader is afraid of the giant. I touched on that last week, I think it was. And, you know, we've, you know, follow the man who's following God. That's what we need to do. There are 10 challenges that will come your way. 10 giants, really. In his book, Robert Morris, he, he talks about them. And it's, his book's called Dream to Destiny. It's very, very good. Um, but also a similar book is The Proving Ground by Kevin Gerald. And John Maxwell, again, does all, they're all the same, really, the same 10 things. And, you know, things like the test of humility, the test of power, handling power, will you let the power go to your head? And the test of purpose, the servant test. You know, and David constantly calls himself a servant here. You know, there's, there's, there's about 10 tests that God will take you through in order to prove you. And faith that's not tested can't be trusted. So God wants to prove you. So my question to you today is, what test are you going through? What Goliath are you fighting today? What test are you in the middle of? Is it a test? Because these 10 tests keep coming round. In another season, you'll get the same tests coming round, but they're more intense. The battle's more intense, but you've fought them already. But it's a, it's a new devil at another level. It's a new powerful devil at another level. But the same anointing that arouses the, the anger of the enemy also defeats the enemy in your life. And so we've just got to be, keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. Why wasn't David overwhelmed by Goliath? Why wasn't he overwhelmed by, by the challenge? It's because his passion was for God to be honoured. Where's your passion? Honour is not a word that's used much in the Western world. Honour is not something that we do well in the Western world. David had a desire for reward. He just thought, well, what, you, you know, what will be done for the person who does this? And he's looking to see what's the reward. And you know, if you want God's favour on your life, solve the problem that's nearest to you. And it's not mystical, it isn't favour. Solve the problem that's nearest to you. And you know, problems, the size of the problem de decides the size of the reward. And so I I'm so grateful for bin men. My granddad was a dustbin man. And I'm grateful for bin men. They take away the rubbish. You know, we'd have to keep going to the tip if we didn't have bin men. So I'm thrilled to bits to have bin men. I, I love bin men. And they get paid a wage. But if I need a solicitor, and I do at times because of, of you know buying properties or whatever, then they get paid and they get paid more for what they do. 
And then you, and it goes on and on and on. Footballers get paid even more. Whether you agree with it or not doesn't really matter. If they win cups, if they if they win games, you know the reward is massive for them. So David had a desire for reward, but also his confidence was in God to be his strength. That's why he wasn't intimidated. That's why he didn't back off from the challenge. He knew that his confidence was in what God can do. Philippians chapter one, verse six says this, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Keep going, keep battling your giant until you've took him out, until you've defeated him or defeated it, whatever it is. Number five, giant killers build upon past successes. And uh, David would say to Saul, you know, when, when I looked after my father's sheep, and a lion came, God would deliver me from the, the paw of the lion. He'd deliver me from the paw of the bear. This Philistine will be like them. And my God will deliver me from the paw of this fella. He'll deliver me from, the, uh, from Goliath, the giant. David's confidence was based in God's protection in successful encounters with the lion and the bear. So you've got to start somewhere. And, and so often when we start, whatever it is, it all seems too small. And we all suffer from comparisonitis. We compare ourselves. And we sometimes compare our introduction to somebody's conclusion, or our chapter one to somebody else's chapter 30. And you can't do that, we're just getting started. In fact, Zechariah had to encourage the people and, and Zerubbabel as they were building the temple. And he said, you know, Zerubbabel, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this table, uh, of this temple, and the same hands will complete it. It's in uh, Zechariah chapter four. And then in verse 10, it says, who despises the day of small beginnings? Other translation says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And then it goes on to say, men will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. In other words, he's laid the foundation. Now he's putting the walls up. You know, people will rejoice. And it's the same for you and me. We start somewhere. I didn't start being a preacher. I used to be terrified of having to preach. I didn't like preaching. I've always had the gift of the gab, but I like one-to-one sharing my faith with people. But then to preach was something else. And I was terrified that people would pick me up theologically. And I think that's why I watch my doctrine. And I learn and I, I've been in different camps to learn what, what you know, what emphasis people bring and, and why, because I want to be better at communicating the truth of the Bible to people, making it live and be real in everyday life and situations. I hope it's doing that for you uh, even this week. You know, God says through his word, don't despise the day of small beginnings, nor rejoice. And men will rejoice when they see your success. Some won't, they'll be jealous of you. But that's another giant. <laughs> but you'll overcome it. You will. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He reminded himself and the people of the faithfulness of God. What a rebuke, really, to the king. But David, this young lad, reminded himself and the people of God of the faithfulness of God. It'd be good for you this while we're in downtime, you know, lockdown, I should say, list some of the accomplishments that you've got, that you've gone through, and look to build on them. 
I enlisted a few, you know, I talked to her about getting a master's degree. I left school with me 25 metres swimming certificate. That's all I left school with. <laughs> so now you understand why it was a big giant to me. But even starting, you know, buying properties and things was a big giant to me and uh, looking after them and stuff. When you've attempted something, it's, it's like more likely than not involved a challenge. You probably felt some self-doubt, but you eventually gave it your best and uh, your total commitment. After the challenge is over, we often forget the initial self-doubt. I'm just thinking, yeah, 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 no, it's, it's, this is good, this is good, until we get another challenge. And then, and then that self-doubt comes knocking on your door. And that's when we've got to remind ourselves, hold up, it wasn't a piece of cake, me just accomplishing something. God was with me then. And the afterglow has made it look like it was so easy, like a walk in the park. The afterglow does that. It's a beautiful thing is afterglow, but don't trust it. <laughs> because you'll come face to face with self-doubt again. And you've got to realize when you look inside and you don't see that there's enough there, you've got to look up and see that El Shaddai, the God of more than enough, is going to come and help you and inspire you, give you the strength to overcome. When we remind ourselves of God's faithfulness, we can defeat self-doubt in the future. Number six, so that was to do with, uh, number five was to do with giant killers build upon past successes. But number six, giant killers convince others that they will be successful. And I love this. What you believe means more than anything else in tough situations. More than what you earn, more than where you live, more than the car you drive or your social position, and more than what anyone else may think about you. Jesus said, according to your faith, will it be done? For you. And self-confidence causes others to believe in you. And God-confidence causes others to believe in God. And uh, David spoke to Saul and Saul eventually believed in David. And he said, go and may the Lord bless you. Maybe the Lord be with you. It's like, how did he convince me, this young kid? But he convinced Saul. You see, giant killers convince others that they will be successful. What about the woman who, uh, who had the issue of blood? She had a problem that caused her to keep bleeding, hemorrhaging every day. And she was a rich woman, but she'd spent all her money on doctors and specialists. And still she wasn't cured. And you can imagine she's anemic. She's lost all this blood and her life is, is draining out of her body, quite literally. And she knows that the end is, is coming and she's going to die prematurely. May you never die prematurely. May you live out to the full length of your years. But you know, this woman, she can't stop the bleeding and the professionals can't do it. We put so much story in professionals. And who did she turn to? She turned to Jesus. What a wise woman. And she, she, she had this thought, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed, I'll be made whole, I'll be complete. <laughs> I'll get my life back. I was speaking to somebody today. You need to get your life back. You need to turn to Jesus. This woman turned to Jesus in a crisis and it wasn't just a crisis of one night. 12 years she'd been suffering. And she said, if I can just 
touched the hem of his garment. And the Bible says she pressed through the crowd. And that were her giant that day. There was a giant of, of, of her health, you know, attacking her health. But there's a, even on the day, she had to press through the crowd. She had to push people away. She had, people are pushing her back because they wanted to get close to Jesus. And she's, she had it in her mind. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, that's the kind of faith that I'm talking about. That's the kind of faith that causes you to overcome. And she pressed through the crowd and she crept up behind him and she touched the hem of his garment, thinking she could get away with it. Jesus stopped everything. He said, who touched me? Peter comes running up and goes, Jesus, every, there's gazillions here. Everybody's touching you. And Jesus said, no, power went out from me. Who touched me? And Jesus waited. He wouldn't be moved. And he waited to find out who touched him. And the Bible says she came and fell at his feet in fear because the law of Moses says that a woman with the issue of blood or menstruated, if she had to touch somebody, they would, she would make them ceremonially, ceremonially unclean for at least 24 hours. And people would have to go on then and, and have a bath and wash all the clothes and everything. It's all palaver. But, so she thought she was in trouble. And she, she told him the whole truth. And Jesus said, go in peace. Your faith, your faith has healed you. How awesome is that? Why am I telling you this story? Because, you know, giant killers convince others that they will be successful. Well, at the end of Matthew chapter uh, chapter 14, when the woman touched Jesus's, uh, got her healing, it was in Matthew chapter 9, but at the end of Matthew chapter 14, the Bible says that, that people were coming from all over the region and they were saying this, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. That's all they wanted to do, just touch, just touch his garment, just touch his garment. She had convinced others, she was a giant killer, she had convinced others that they could defeat the giant of sickness, the giant of bad health. And, and just coming up to Jesus and just touching him. She championed the cause of defeating Goliaths, defeating giants in those in the area of health. It's fantastic. Just a personal testimony. I found out this week, I've had tests and different things which proved that, I, that cancer was atta attacking my prostate. And so for the last 18 months or so, I've... I've had a biopsy and, and I've had different kind of x-rays and stuff like that. I forgot what you call it. Scans, there's the word. But I refuse to have it and I refuse to say, I've got cancer. I just said, cancer's attacking me. I'd heard a preacher called Joseph Prince talk about taking the bread and the wine and how we should pray and believe for healing in the body. And, you know, there's a huge emphasis coming from the communion, instead of it all being about feeling guilty and, and trying to find forgiveness of sins, it is all, it's, it's about forgiveness of sins, but it's also about the healing of the body. And so I took what he preached and I started to practice it. And so did my wife and we were praying for healing. And this week, well, about six, six to eight months ago, they told me the, the, the scan come back and they couldn't really find anything, but they were very cautious. But my blood tests have come back and they've just said uh, they've shown that the, uh, the blood tests are back to normal and there's no sign of cancer uh, in the prostate. And so I'm a happy man. But, you know, somebody convinced me, a giant killer, 
called Joseph Prince uh, convinced me about taking the bread and the wine in that way of believing for healing. And so uh, giant killers convince others. This woman with the issue of blood, she got her healing and, and every, you know, she convinced others of the way she got her healing was by touching the hem of his garment. And I want to encourage you, take bread and wine when you're at home. You know, if you log into Joseph Print and, and, and find out his take on it, it, it's fantastic, very liberating and very re revolutionary. So I finished today. We've still got another two or three uh, to do, you know, two or three characteristics of giant killers. But um, I'm hoping you, you're getting strength from these. I certainly am. Maybe today you, you, you're saying, I've heard, I've heard it, I've heard it, I've heard it, but you've never given your life to Jesus. And maybe today you have given your life to Jesus and you're saying, I don't know that it works. It doesn't really work for me. Here's a key word, surrender. Surrender your life to Jesus and let his will become your will. It's usually round about those areas of your life that cause the Christianity not to work. Uh, it, or it, let me put it another way. It blocks the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. Do what Mary says. Mary says, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. And that's what we need to do. Hey, let me give you an opportunity to give your life to, to Jesus today. If you want to bow your heads and close your eyes, you can repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. You defeated Satan, sickness, sin and death at the cross so that we could go free. And today I ask for your forgiveness. I pray you'll delete all my past sins. Give me a new, a new life to live. Give me that eternal life. And Lord, I receive your Holy Spirit into my life to give me power to overcome in this world. Amen. If you said that prayer, let us know. You know, we, we, it says that angels rejoice in heaven over one person who becomes a believer. You know, we, we're thrilled to bits. We always are. But also, maybe you're in a city or a nation, you know, where you're saying, I want to reach my city for Christ. You know, you want to be a church planter. You don't know how to do it. You want to hook up with somebody. Maybe you've been disillusioned in the past with church and you don't go anymore. And I want to say, come on, you get, get back in again. You need to come back in. Jesus is coming back for a bride. And, you know, we are the bride of Christ. And so it's not an optional extra. Jesus went to the synagogue, as was his custom. Every Sabbath, he was there. Come on, if he needed to do it, how much more should we be doing it? And it's not that you should, you ought, you must. It's that when you get there, you start to realise the purpose behind it. There's so much more than just you receiving. It's what others receive from you when you go. But we hear God together collectively as a church, speaking through his word to our lives. And we're nourished by it and we're strengthened by it. And we keep believing and keep going until Jesus comes back. Or we kick the proverbial bucket. Well, I finished. Get in touch with us. All the all the details will come up on the screen. But uh, let's become giant killers. Let's become more than conquerors. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Let's get going and let's continue because we have to be confident 
that he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion. What God starts, he will finish. Keep believing. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 